The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. So as we said, today, this week, was National Lutheran Schools Week. And uh, we did a lot of things this week to celebrate. You saw a lot of those things on the pictures. It started out with a basketball tournament. And then safari animals crawled around our gym floor, leaving gifts behind. And then a magician bewildered us with sleight-of-hand tricks. And if you were at the early service, the, the crowd favorite amongst the kindergartners and first graders uh, was the skating day. And I actually had the opportunity to accompany the second through fourth graders on their allotted skating time on Tuesday. Now, I'll be the first to admit I am not the most coordinated person in the world. I'm a little clumsy, and so I am not a skater, have never been, don't ever plan to be. So I decided I would be happy on my own two feet, standing on the sidelines, cheering the students and the parents and the families and the teachers on. Very content over there on the sidelines. And about halfway through our time skating, a third grader rolls up to me, grinning ear to ear, and exclaims, Pastor Beef, go get your skates. No, 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 it's okay. No, I'm, I'm okay here. I'm, I'm just going to cheer you on. Pastor Beef, we all want you to skate with us. Come on, it's easy. You can do it. No, 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 it's okay. You know what, Pastor V, he's a little clumsy. He's a little uncoordinated, so I'm afraid I'll fall. It's all right, I'll stay here. You keep going, I'll cheer for you. Well, that original smile of optimism and hope slowly turned into a disappointed frown. And without missing a beat, she quipped back, trust in the Lord, Pastor Veith. <laughs> skate it off. And I remained there wrecked by a third grader. Now, at the time, I was very thankful that no other parent or other people were standing around me. 
and now I tell you. So you can imagine after this very humbling experience when I'm studying the scriptures for the homily this week, I stumble upon this text from St. Paul. God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise, and God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong, and God chose the lowly and despised of the world, those who count for nothing, to reduce to nothing those who are something, so that no human being might boast before God. Well, up until that point, I thought I was a something. I mean, I am an ordained pastor with a bachelor and master degree in Jesus, and yet I was theologically owned by a kid who may or may not know how to even spell theology. If you're wondering, I did debate this week of taking my degrees off my wall. Just Now, whether this persistent third grader realized it or not, her exhortation to trust in the Lord was really a call for me to change my perspective on the situation, to look at the situation not through my human eyes of fear, but through the Lord's eyes of strength. And today, in our gospel text, Jesus is inviting us to have our perspective changed by giving us the Beatitudes, and here they are. The Beatitudes are, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the clean of heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Now, from a human perspective, these seem kind of lousy. I mean, really, who, who among you would choose these things for you or your family? I mean, poverty? Mourning? Hungering and thirsting and persecution? Those things are not nice. Those things are not comfortable. They don't make us feel safe. kind of like asking an uncoordinated person to to put some skates on and skate across a concrete floor. Dr. Peter Kreeft, in his commentary on this text, says if you were to ask the average American what they would consider the greatest beatitude or the greatest blessing, you would probably get a handful of these answers. Money, freedom from pain, power, contentment, justice, pleasure, victory over enemies, and acceptance by the world. See, these things are nice. These things are comfortable. These things give us a sense of safety, and they bring excitement to our lives. We like these things because we don't need anyone else to help us keep them. We, we can attain these things by ourselves. We can harness the fullness of these things by ourselves. And yet what I find so interesting about this list is that these things 
are the things we pastors most hear about from suffering people in the confessional or from broken people through tears in pastoral care situations. These are the problems that people bring. And yet, people consider these the biggest blessings. I mean, by themselves, these things are good. But then when sinful human beings get involved in the situation, that which is first thought of as a blessing actually then becomes the means of our destruction. Even in my young life and in my young ministry, these things have destroyed both me and the people around me physically and emotionally and spiritually. These things destroy individuals, these things destroy families, and these things destroy communities. And so wouldn't it be great if in the midst of our temptation to to harvest these things, to hold on to these things, or in the midst of our suffering and destruction from these things, we had a little third grader on some roller skates, roll up to and say, trust in the Lord. If I was thinking ahead, I would have invited her in to do just that. That would have been kind of cool. I would not do that on roller skates. But I wonder, my friends, can we today trust in the Lord anew? And by trusting in the Lord, can we have our perspective changed on our lives? Can we see things anew, not through human eyes, but through the Lord's? When we look at these beatitudes through human eyes, it seems as if it's a new commandment. It seems as if it's a burden, something that's boring and unsafe and and uncomfortable. So we don't pursue them. We, we go on and do other things. But if we were to look at this thing, this, these Beatitudes, with a new perspective, if we this day renewed our trust in the Lord and took on the ability to see these things through His eyes, then we would see that the Beatitudes are really a portrait of the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, look at these things with me anew. Jesus is the poorest of the poor. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and took on our human flesh. Jesus is the one who hungered and thirsted for righteousness. He's the meek one, the humble one. He's the merciful one. We see that as he treats people, the least and the lost and the vulnerable and the rejected, with such great compassion and mercy. He's the greatest peacemaker because he is the Prince of Peace. And he is the one who took the greatest persecution by being nailed to a cross in order to pursue and to win righteousness for each 
and every one of you. When someone asked why Jesus hung on the cross for so long, Father Romano Cesario replied, Jesus hung on the cross for so long because it gave him the opportunity to think about each and every one of you. The greatest persecution for your righteousness. So when Jesus gifts us the Beatitudes today, Jesus is gifting us himself. And the only way we are to receive our Lord, the only way we are to trust in the Lord, the only way we are to gain a new perspective on life is if we loosen our grip on the things that we think are blessings that are really destroying us. It is only by taking the place of humility, that which the Beatitudes show us, by having an open hand and an open mind and an open heart, can we, in and through the Beatitudes, receive Jesus and receive the heavenly gifts that he has to give to us today. Jesus giving us the Beatitudes is kind of like him inviting us out to skate with him. Now with human eyes, we could be afraid. We could see the situation and think, Lord, I'm not enough. Lord, I don't have the skill. Lord, I know I will stumble and fall, but my brothers and sisters, that's the point. The Lord comes to you and says, trust in me. Take my hand. Let me show you the way to heaven. It might be scary. You might not have the skills. You might fall a lot. But I am there with you. I am there with you in the midst of your poverty. I am there with you in the midst of your mourning. I am there with you in the midst of your hungering and your thirsting for righteousness. I am there with you when you are persecuted, when you are wronged. I am there with you and I pick you up and I pull you close and I continue on with you, skating you through life to the heavenly realms, making you holy, healing you, giving you forgiveness, strengthening you, and giving you the gifts that will not perish. That is Jesus' promise to us today. Do not be afraid, my friends. Do not be afraid. The Lord is near. May I give you a suggestion? Trust in the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.